welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we're talking about turning red. Not seeing red. Bad. <laughs> Not seeing red. We never made that mistake in our discussions <laughs> about this podcast episode. Never. Um, never at all. Uh, so if you have been away from the internet or otherwise um, mm-hmm. not paying attention to yep. pop culture, uh, Turning Red is a Disney movie that came out this year. And it's really great. It's it like is. A, it's so cute. It's like a coming of age story about a 13 year old girl in Toronto, which is great for us Canadians, um, mm. who uh, hits puberty, gets her period, and then all of a sudden turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets um, like too excited or emotional. It's great. It is great. And it's so, like, it's set in 2002, which is just so perfect. Like, I know. Uh, like, my sister was 14 in 2002. So when we were both obsessed. Yeah, and sync. So it was. It's just. It's yeah. Really no, brand. she's like she has like tem- like Tamagotchis play a very important role yep. in the movie. Um, yeah, the Sky Dome, uh, which is like the big stadium in Toronto, which is no longer called the Sky Dome because it got like name sponsorship by I, some business of some kind. Um, I but think it's like Rogers. The, yeah, it's either Rogers or Air Canada. I don't know. Anyways, it's like the big downtown stadium. Um, yeah, it's. It's really great. She's like, and it was really cool to have that like coming of age modern day story as a Disney movie. Like obviously there's like the Disney princesses and I guess Brave is probably the closest to this, Mm -hmm. but this felt way more like the non-animated like old school Disney movies that were, you know, like, um, oh, what are the ones I'm thinking of? Like the old... Like Pollyanna? Uh, not Pol- Yeah, I guess like around the time period of Pollyanna. So I guess that dispels my thought that they were all about boys. But like um, mm. Flubber and the Herbie, mm. all the Herbie ones. Yeah. Her- like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were like mostly boys or it would be like a boy and a girl and very sanitized, I guess. Whereas yes, this one is like very Sandra O oh, or is it Sandra O? Oh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandra O oh is the mom and she like comes in with like a, the... 14 different kinds of pads and stuff like yeah you just never see that in a movie let alone a disney movie so yeah yeah it's one of those ones that i like can't wait to show my nieces they're a little bit young for it but not too not it's not not like they just wouldn't get it yeah we watched half of it with my three-year-old nephew and he was not excited about it yeah really at all like he liked the panda but yeah yeah no yeah like, like you just would miss out yeah. on the plot unless you're i'm probably like nine or ten seems like a reasonable Mm -hmm. age yeah it's very much like the same level as inside out i think yeah you have to be paying attention to get a lot of the plot and the jokes yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 no that is that is true it's like similar age to yeah inside out and like similar ish things it's just it's like as much as she turns into a giant panda it's like more grounded in the real world (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) except for the giant panda thing, which is you know obviously Mm -hmm. a metaphor. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was it was really cute. I was, I mean, I assumed I was gonna like it because people I 
like liked it but Mm -hmm. yeah yep it was fun yep um and i don't know obviously we want to talk about red pandas because they are very cute um so fluffy so fluffy and just so mischievous um Mm -hmm. and then because we've never talked about pandas like giant pandas before so we're gonna take the opportunity to do that now because yes we could do kung fu panda but um but we did this instead yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yep okay so red pandas are apparently also known as lesser pandas which we're gonna get into it because if you know us at all we have issues with common names but we'll get there indeed um, so they're small mammals uh, in the eastern, native to eastern Himalayas and southwestern China, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They have dense reddish brown fur with a black belly and legs, white ears, a white muzzle, and a ringed tail. They're super cute. They're about sixty centimeters, and with a, a almost 50, with like a forty-five centimeter long tail. So whatever that math adds up to, one hundred and five centimeters, yeah, or something like that, and weighs. Between 3.2 and 15 kilograms. That's a very wide range. Yeah, well, there are two subspecies, and also I think there's a strong sexual dimorphism in their size. Okay. Yeah, so they like to climb and have flexible joints and semi-retractable claws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two subspecies, Himalayan and Chinese red panda, which genetically diverged 250,000 years ago, so long time ago. Um they feed mostly on bamboo and but also fruits and blossoms yeah and, and they'll eat like small mammals and eggs and all kinds of stuff like they're yeah their their main food source is bamboo but they'll eat yeah, whatever they can catch whatever mm-hmm. so because of that their threats are deforestation the red panda was described by frederick cuvier who we know very well mm-hmm. from and, the world of whales mm-hmm. and he based them on zoological specimens including Skin, paws, jawbones, and teeth, which I guess made it him think that it was a panda. I don't know. When the I word, look at them, no, the the term for panda, um, I think actually was given to red pandas first. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the the word the word panda comes from their Nepali name, uh, which is like words for claw or paw, which makes sense because they mm. have these like grabby paws or claws sort of almost cat-like um with the retractable claws and then and so red pandas as Lindsay said were um described in 1825 and the giant panda was was described later in 1869 um and i don't yeah i'm not sure um red pandas don't really have like a big importance it seems like in like historical like mythology and um, culture mm-hmm. in the region, um, at least as far as has been found, um, giant pandas do. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna um, look. I totally forgot because that was a part of the movie was um, whether or not that the per, the guardian of red pandas in the movie was uh, real or made up. I think it was all made up, but I could be totally wrong yeah, on that. I yeah. Oh, cultural significance. Do, do, do. Doesn't say anything, so I don't yeah. believe so. You know, they were used as animals are used for all kinds of purposes, both mm-hmm. like practical and ceremonial. Um, I think just because they're so small and they climb trees, like they're pretty 
and they're also crepuscular, like they're active at dawn and dusk. Um, mm-hmm. They're not like that act, like present in most people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. So we covered like the, the word panda comes from their claws. And then in terms of why giant pandas were given the name panda, I don't really know. Um, Would it also be because of their, like, they got big claws for bamboo shearing. Okay, I'm just making that up. So the etymology for panda on the giant panda page says that it was borrowed from English into French, but nobody knows where the French word came from. And then here it says, like, maybe it came from the Nepali word, punya, for, like, their hand claws, paws. Hmm. Um, they, they vaguely, they don't even look that similar. Like, they both they eat don't. bamboo and they're both in China. Um, and that's kind of about it. Although, like, when you look at, think about the turning red pan- red panda. Yeah. In, that one looks more like a panda. Yeah, mainly because, because it's, it's bipedal. Bipedal mostly, and, and very large. Yeah. And the white around her eyes is very distinct. Or not really the, like, the white parts of her face. Yeah, yeah, like the sort of muzzle, snout, eye part. Yeah, yeah, it is more panda looking. Um, but, yeah, so... Just to clear things up, red pandas and giant pandas are not at all related. No. Yeah, so red pandas are in the raccoon family, which, you know, when you look at their tails, makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah so they're related to, like, raccoons and weasels and skunks. Yeah, yeah. is a is raccoon a family? Like, I'm... So they're all in the, it's the mustaloidae. mustaloidae. Oh, okay. so mustaloid. uh, That's what I thought. Yeah. Which like, is yeah, in the in the carnivores, otters. and then the their exact positioning within Mustaloidae is uh, complicated and depends how you do the genetics. But yeah, their closest relatives are like skunks, weasels, and raccoons. They're all in the car in, in, in carnivores, including and so are panda bears. Um, yeah, but yeah, not in at all the same neck of the woods. Yeah, you know what else is in carnivores? Seals. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff in carnivores, guys. Doesn't mean they're really related. Nope, not even a little bit. Um, yeah, also, yeah. doesn't mean just because they're in the group of carnivores doesn't mean that they are carnivores. Um, nope. Which we'll get to when we talk about pandas, <laughs> giant pandas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So it, it's confusing as to why they both are referred to in English as panda, but English is a weird language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing that I found interesting is like it, the red panda is used as a metaphor for like menstruation and puberty um, in the movie, not in anything else. As far as I know um, in the movie is that um, like lots of non human mammals, um, the, red pandas are really they have very seasonal reproduction so females do have are in estrus or like are reproductively active um only sort of from like january through march um because and it's like the timing of that is based on the like when the daylight starts increasing after winter solstice so they've actually found that um in captivity in the southern hemisphere it's actually like six months offset um and then so they they'll be in estrus for a day at a time multiple times throughout that sort of three month period um and then they give birth 
in the summer, like May through August. So like, it's funny that it's in the movie. Yeah. So tied to like this, like monthly cycle yeah in humans mm -hmm. yeah um, <laughs> like, and then and the moon and then and the next red moon yeah yeah yeah, yeah the next red moon's like a big part of it um yeah it's yeah it's funny because it's very much like the cultural perception of an animal not the reality of an animal which is always interesting yeah uh, yeah and also it's the estrus is similar to otters which they're related to because the weasels so i'm just throwing that out there <laughs> no, that has nothing to do with anything. It's very convergent evolution, but still. Yeah. Well, and I mean, lots of the timing of reproductive cycles is like somewhat related to evolution, yeah. but also way more related to like environment. Environment. And, yeah. Like when food's available and when the season is oh, good yeah. and prey yeah. and, and predators and all that jazz. And um, pregnancy length and just all of it. Yeah. Like when's a good time of year to have little tiny helpless babies yeah and do and how is your birth like giraffes terrifying mm -hmm. or just chill like a cat you know? yeah well it looks like these oh, guys nest kind of like cats so like they'll, they'll build oh like a god, den oh my god that's even more adorable i know right <laughs> they're so cute they're so cute because they're such good climbers they're really mischievous like picture a raccoon that's really cute i mean people think raccoons are cute but yeah i don't I mean, once you've seen them terrorizing your garbage at like yeah. 12 o'clock in the afternoon, they get less no. cute. <laughs> once you've seen them doing it in the road. Oh, that too. With yeah. The, their little knees bending. Yes. And they're just lock eyes with you. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, they're Starts not that cute. Um, but, you know, it's like anything that like for us, it's a like pest species, basically. Yeah. Um, oh no it's like yeah when we went to australia we're like look at all these birds and they're like okay yeah i know and then a month later you're like oh my god shut up you birds um yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the common thing that these pandas have in common that was a horrible sentence but you know what i mean oh bamboo 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 yeah for both giant pandas and red pandas uh, bamboo is a major food source so let's talk a bit about bamboo so bamboo uh is a whole bunch of different um genuses and species like it's i don't it's like so many there's 1400 species in three different genus oh my god yeah i did not know that yeah yeah so there's like tropical woody bamboo there's temperate woody bamboo and then there's herbaceous bamboos um they're found sort of all throughout like temperate and tropical climates um there's some that are more uh, like cold tolerant and some that are not cold tolerant at all. Like here in Canada, there's no native bamboo species. Um, and also like continental Europe doesn't have any, which makes sense. Um, yeah, they are like evergreen perennials. So they always have like their like they don't lose their leaves seasonally. Um, and they are not trees. They are in the group of grasses, which I think is I that. cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So they grow really fast. They spread really fast as well. Um, some species of bamboo can grow uh, 910 millimeters or 36 inches in a 24 hour period. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. So because of that rapid growth, it's a really um, good uh, reuse like 
quickly renewable and sustainable resource for things like building and um, uh, like making fabric and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's been used primarily in um, Southeast Asia and East Asia for um, like building and construction, but I think it's used elsewhere as well. But um, I think the bamboo that grows in Asia is more like the building woody kind of um, mm, of mm-hmm. bamboo. It's also like um, the shoots are a good food source even for humans and tons of animals rely on bamboo because because it grows so quickly like it would just come back all the time to like so there'd always be a good source of food and also it would outcompete like lots of other plants mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very cool. The upside for red pandas is, is that they eat bamboo, but they will eat kind of anything. Whereas giant pandas are very focused on they will only eat bamboo and they will only eat very specific species of bamboo. Um, so they, um, for this and also some other reasons, mm-hmm. um, are like it's harder for them to recover from their uh population decline uh mainly just because they like don't really seem very interested in mating also (laughs) yeah so this this is the thing i was just thinking about so back in like way way back like when bamboo and giant pandas first came around do you think that because it's so fast growing and it's so strong and powerful like for against other species do you think that they maybe evolve their shitty reproductive system to as a carrying capacity kind of deal. Like it doesn't make sense that it's so hard for giant pandas to have successful birth. Yeah. It is a bit weird. I think. Yeah. Or maybe they're just really bad at it in captivity. Maybe. I don't know. But I think, yeah, like they also, I think because they have such a like specific, food source that was really plentiful like they didn't have to like work hard to find food so Mm -hmm. um like their coping skills maybe are less like developed i don't know yeah maybe like it's just one of those from an evolutionary standpoint if they've been this bad at reproducing this entire time they would be gone already like we definitely messed with them and ruined them yeah. probably forever, but do you think that it wouldn't have lasted that long? Yeah, I mean there is involved. there is some yeah, so like I think I think a lot of it is that their wild population is so limited and then once they're in captivity they just have no interest in reproduction. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they and they also have like a pretty short reproductive season, like only like March mm. through May is what yeah, this says. So um and then they and then probably because there's such high food abundance they the babies that are born are uh, proportionally the smallest of any placental mammal um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so there's like it's a huge um undertaking for the mother to raise these babies yeah. and feed these babies um so yeah i don't know i think i think the difficulty with reproduction is purely a captivity thing um but the weakness of the baby is like throughout throughout mm-hmm. everything so that's but, kind of weird yeah yeah so i don't yeah. know it's just it's just strange like 
they seem to have all of this stuff stacked against them, but like even without us, like they, it was stacked. Some of it was stacked against them, like the tiny babies. And yeah, stuff. but I think I think yeah, the tiny babies and the like very specific food source. So as soon as there's any mm-hmm. like introduced species that compete or like yeah. patchy um, patchy food sources, right? Like which is a huge thing, even if there isn't massive deforestation, like or sorry, as things are reforested, which is happening, but it's very patchy like it's non-continuous um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the more fragmented like like let's say they always lived in really dense um bamboo that maybe other animals like wouldn't bother going into because it was just so dense and annoying to go and like find these little teeny tiny babies whereas now if it's really like fragmented Mm -hmm. and there's not like a huge dense forest of bamboo protecting them it's easier for other things to come in have to be like exactly perfect conditions which the earth has never been in well except there would have been before human deforestation started yeah but it yeah it was perfect but very like um what's the word tenuous yeah that is exactly the word i was looking for it's like fragile but not (laughs) fragile yeah they yeah yeah, they were they've always i think been in a pretty tenuous um Mm -hmm. yeah situation why but it just just so anti-evolutionary theory yeah but, it, you know, if they were in a really, like, stable environment until humans, you know, yeah. came along. I don't know. It's just interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, we sort of accidentally covered a lot about pandas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in talking about bamboo, which, I mean, makes sense because they are so, like, tightly coupled. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess, yeah, I can talk a little bit about more about pandas and are they bears or not we can Um, have a conversation about nomenclature indeed so lots of people call them panda bears and lots of people think that is wrong and when we were growing Mm -hmm. up i think the understanding was was that it was wrong but now that they've done a lot of genetics and evolution using dna they actually now think that they are in the group that contains bears which is the ursidae is it ursidae yeah yeah ursidae family there's still a lot of debate about like are they do they either are they in the family ursidae and have a common ancestor with all the other members of ursidae or are they not in the family ursidae and have a common ancestor with all the families of (laughs) ursidae it's like lumping and splitting it's always that taxonomy debate like yeah their their closest relatives are all the other bears are they a bear Maybe, maybe not. Does it matter? Not really. You can call them panda no. bears, or you can not call them panda bears. It, just don't get mad at people for one or the other, because exactly either is probably yeah. like bears don't care. <laughs> exactly, they've got other problems that we they just do have other about. problems. Um, so yeah, like we said, bears are in the order carnivore, um, except that pandas only eat bamboo. So like they evolved from an ancestor that was carnivorous into back into something or I don't know about back but like into something that is strictly herbivorous which I mean happens and that's why naming things is hard and mm-hmm. complicated um yeah yeah so obviously we know all the other bears um they do not include koalas cuz koalas are definitely no. not bears koalas I are like know where that came from barely Jeez. even mammals <laughs> like they're pl- they're uh, non-placental mammals, like they're uh, marsupials. So yeah, koalas are in the same group with kangaroos, etc. Um, they're yeah. like vaguely bear-shaped, except way smaller than all the bears. Um, 
yeah i don't know i think i think it was like a marketing thing really yeah maybe just like for selling stuffies raise awareness yeah 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 selling stuffies yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know um but like other than some habitat overlap vaguely maybe um and both being in the group carnivore like red pandas and giant pandas basically have nothing in common other than they happen to both eat bamboo, eat bamboo because yeah. it's like the dominant plant species like plant group that's yeah. available and where they live yeah yeah um, um before we started mm-hmm. i was like it's like false killer whales and killer whales and sarah got mad because it's way worse yeah but then yeah. i saw on the wikipedia page mm-hmm. that there was similarities between the skulls of red pandas and giant pandas, which is exactly how false killer oh. whales got their names. So <laughs> nice. I was like, it is kind of like them, except false killer whales and killer whales are, are like very close to related. Yeah, yeah. But they just have horrible names. It's weird that there's maybe their skulls are like the same but smaller, but that's again convergent evolution, and also exactly like and also they're like they're carnivores or and or like yeah they're carnivores that evolved to eat bamboo, so it makes sense. Like you take a generic carnivore skull and then make it good for eating bamboo, and you get yeah convergent evolution of skulls. That's Mm -hmm. but that but does make sense why they both got called pandas, especially like if people were doing it from like collected samples not even not live animals. yeah exactly um mm-hmm. in in isolation like not even having ever seen a live one yeah um mm-hmm. which you know welcome to the 1800s of western yeah. science <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy just naming things based on like two bones just, and thinking you know yep. everything about it exactly and ignoring just the making up stuff you know thousands of years of cultural connection that other people yeah. have with these animals you know of course <laughs> go science well i don't know did you watch this movie do you have thoughts about this oh movie? me no or them them <laughs> listeners like gentle listeners it. did you watch this movie did you like this movie do you not want to go to toronto still as always mm-hmm. do you <laughs> um, think boy band boy bands really can help save the world uh i do i definitely do, I do. um yeah yeah or do you think that mm, are you do, you do you have to have a conversation to your with your 16 year old daughter about what periods are like the people on twitter no Ooh. kidding no kidding Jesus. yeah if your kid is 13 and you haven't talked to them about menstruation period boys or girl, like male female yep. like it's a thing that Anything. everybody should know about yep if you haven't talked to them yep. about the fact that it exists and it's a normal part of life and if you see somebody with like a pad in their pocket or like yeah, sticking out of their backpack it's, the it's not the, the most embarrassing thing in the world uh, <laughs> yeah uh but yeah if your kid is 13 and you haven't talked about it to them about that yet it's too late <laughs> yeah they know they well they know and they are either already like embarrassed or all their yeah. friends already have their periods or yeah mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff yeah. anyways if you have thoughts about this movie you can find us on social media at nature finds a pod or you can check out our website naturefindsapod.com we will be back in two weeks mm-hmm. with we're finally doing it. It's taken us four years. Yay! We will be talking about tribbles. Oh, so many tribbles. Teeny tiny cute floofs. <laughs> In the meantime, stay, stay sciencey, sciencey, friends. friends.